Hello and welcome to Gank, Gank That, that drink. drink, a Supernatural drinking game podcast. This is season two, episode one, Dying in Clown. Oh, you know that in our episodes of Gank That Drink, we assign ourselves a bunch of drinking game rules and play along with two episodes of our favorite frisky and fun television show, Supernatural. After we watch and play, we will discuss both episodes, and we're going to evaluate the rules in our quest to curate the perfect Supernatural Season 2 drinking game. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Nate. And tonight we're watching In My Time of Dying. This is Season 2, Episode 1. It's a Kim Manners, Eric Kripke episode. It aired originally September 28th, 2006. And then we're going to watch Everybody Loves a Clown. Uh, and I just I wanted to share some a little bit of research that I found. So this is from Wikipedia. The season two aired Thursdays at 9 p.m. So this is the first season on the CW because the CW had just at this or the WB and UPN had now just come together to form the CW. Um, but according to this, uh, Supernatural averaged only about 3.14 million viewers. So it was at this point in danger of not getting renewed. I mean, looking back now, you know, that just seems crazy. Um, so this is the, the casting crew garnered many award nominations, but the episodes were like just sort of getting mixed reviews. And, you know, they basically were just like, okay, we like Jensen and Jared. We're going to let you finish out this main storyline. We're going to let you finish out the yellow-eyed demon storyline, but we don't know if we're going to keep you going after that. So the show's in danger at this point. And that's a very interesting thing to keep in mind as we watch season two here Mm -hmm. is is the show's in danger because the ratings are low. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of in flux there and, and they're writing with their backs against the wall and they're doing all this with their backs against the wall. At the same time, they're on a new channel. Mm hmm. This is turbulent, turbulent times. And they're on Thursday nights. And they're, they're still on Thursday nights, correct? Yeah. Going strong. It's a great <laughs> night. It's a good TV night. I mean, it's you could have worse nights, especially if you're on CW. It could be a Friday night show mm-hmm. on the CW. It's, like Ghost Whisper. I don't know what network that, that was I don't on. Know. The other thing to keep in mind is that uh, we will be spoiling stuff mm-hmm. and in not in any fit state to... Gonna, yeah, if, you're already, just, if, like, you're already, if you're in season two of this podcast, you know what's going on. Yeah. Unless if, you hated season one of Super of Supernatural <laughs> so much that you didn't want to listen to our podcast about it. Welcome. I like the idea, though, that maybe there's someone who, who like has never seen Supernatural, but they intend to, but they want to listen to this first so they know what drinking game rules to yeah, play. Yeah. But they don't want it spoiled. Mm-mm. But they do want to hear about drinking game rules. Well, you know what? Twitter is full of all sorts of people. For you, that person, we are going to spoil it. Yeah. It's going to happen. Um, Okay. So what rules are we playing? We're we're taking a different approach. This is season two. We sort of are reinventing ourselves. Um, If you recall, back at the end of season one, we we delivered to you our drinking game rules. um, And we played the, the draw rule we each drew at least two rules each week we're gonna flip-flop it or we're literally gonna experiment with flip-flopping it this time and we're gonna play cumulatively so we're gonna start with four rules and then in each episode we're gonna add two more so by the end we'll be playing all the rules we can eliminate them as we go like if something obviously is not working out for us um so each week we're gonna tell you what rules we're adding to the rules that we've already 
put on the list. What I'm excited for is I this might not happen, but if it does, I'll be super pumped. Is if we're in say episode sixteen, seventeen, there's a rule that hasn't happened since episode two, mm-hmm. and it comes up, and it's going to come up in the middle of when we're dealing with. 13 other rules that are all hitting at the same time Mm -hmm. and then it's gonna be like bam we're gonna be like no how how did we forget like this this dumb rule and it's gonna be a finish your drink rule or something that we're just gonna yeah i'm excited for that moment a lot of times when we were playing last season we'd be like oh here's this is happening this is happening this is happening there's this there's this there's that meanwhile the ones we chose weren't happening so i i think that's gonna add just like just a level of variation yeah. Um, okay. So here are the rules we're playing. We're going to play Wi-Fi. Nate, tell them about Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is anytime you see the boys, they're doing research or they're out in a place that somehow, how are they getting Wi-Fi? It's 2006 still. What is happening? What's, when you, what's going on? When you're just like... You, when you question their ability con- to connect to the internet. Right. From where they are. Yes. Take a drink. Uh, we're playing Rock Salt. This is a multi-layered rule. Uh, take two drinks anytime the boys use rock salt to defeat an enemy. Why did I say that so weird? Defeat an enemy? Defeat an enemy. Defeat an enemy. Or to kill an enemy. Uh, but you have to double that. So it's going to be four drinks if the rock salt doesn't work. <sighs> concussion. Tell them about concussion. This is a two-drinker. If you take two drinks whenever either of the boys uh, probably got a concussion. If you just are watching and go, there's no way. They have just experienced a traumatic brain injury. You'd be down for the count. They're going to need some yeah. brain they brain exercises. Back up. Take two drinks. Yeah. Uh, and slam. Just take a drink anytime a door slams. Yeah. That's simple. We're going to give those a try. We're yeah. going to give them a whirl. Oh. <laughs> so uh, off we go to watch In My Time of Dying and Everyone Loves a Clown. And we'll see you on the other side. Hopefully without being too traumatized by clowns. Yay! And we're back. Yay. <laughs> All right. So In My Time of Dying. This picks up exactly where... Season one ended at the smashed up car. And then, you know, they get medevaced. Sammy's pretty okay. He's like banged up, but he doesn't even need to get like hospitalized, I guess. Even though they carry him off in a stretcher, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we're in the hospital with Dean and dad. And um, Dean is having an out of body experience. So Sammy's talking to the doctor and the doctor's like, if he wakes up. You know, like th- this is bad doctor. Yeah, doctor. Terrible Dean. bedside manner. Who then got very angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, also, I like that dad's um, fake name in this instance is Elroy McGillicuddy. <laughs> like, I guess he never picked a theme for his mm-hmm. fake names. All right. What would your theme be? What would my theme be? Yeah. I think dad's theme would probably be like western characters from like john wayne characters okay from movies okay or like old western characters yeah so it'd be like john cogburn yeah yeah or he just if he's fine with elroy mcgillicuddy he might just go with rooster you know yeah sure um but mine, what, but what would, what would mine be um that's that's a good question maybe i would pick names of characters from 80s movies okay 
but I'd mash them up. So I'd be like Claire Bueller and Ted Theodore Dundee. Ted Theodore Dundee? Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> what would yours be? I would probably go with... Uh, Sportsmen? Yeah, mine would be like old baseball players. Like it would have to be mm, baseball players of the 20s. Yeah. And it'd just be Ruth Cobb and Gary. That'd probably be too recognizable. Yeah, well, you'd many... mash them up like I did. Yeah, true. Babe Gehrig. No. <laughs> All right, but no, there's lots of uh, fun baseball player names from back then mm-hmm. um, uh, that are that are pretty awesome. Possibly so. even Elroy McGillicuddy. Po- there, it's a good chance. <laughs> um, so, like the first thing that happens when Dad wakes up is that he is just. Dad is such a negative Nancy. Like all he is, can think of doing is just being like. First of all, I'm going to bark instructions at you. You know, yes, they do need to go clean out the trunk of the Impala. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do need yes. to do that. Um, but he's like, you know, tell Bobby to do this. Tell Bobby to do that. Bobby, who I we never even talked about all of season one. Right. Now he's like the only person in the world who can do anything for us. Uh, but he's like, we got to get the demon. We got to get the cult. John is a delegator. I guess so. He's a delegator. So John, I always feel like... Because it always it, okay. Do you get this feeling? And I know maybe it's just because the worldview we know from the show is the you know from the boys' perspective. But mm-hmm. even in like the hunter world, John was almost like the king of the hunters, and and because it always seems like everyone was willing to do a favor for him and willing to bend over backwards to do all the stuff for him, or he got and into yet, spats he, with people. He because, eventually ruins his relationships right, with everyone because he's always kind of barking orders at people. I think that John is the has like been the forefront of this hunter movement, but then we find out anyway. We find out later on that's not true. Well, See, yeah, I just like, at this point that's what it seems like. I don't understand why he never has a moment of. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you could call what he does this, but like he never has a moment of like, you know, our lives and our family are worth at some degree more than our quest for revenge like if he feels like they're in danger okay but he sort of just runs straight to the danger but you're talking about a man who carted his kids around from sleazy motel to sleazy motel hunting this demon their whole lives i know so are we really surprised at any of these choices he's making i just hate his like toxic negativity like it always bothers me because like immediately after we get the scene of sammy and bobby at the impala and Bobby's basically saying, like, this car is beyond totaled. Mm-hmm. You can't fix it. It can't be fixed. And, you know, I think the lesson learned from this episode is that Sammy says, even if there's one piece, it's worth fixing. Fixing this car, and later in the next episode, too, we get a little bit of that. Like, fixing this car, building this, repairing our relationship, Sam and Dean, at least. Mm-hmm. And, you know, never giving up, that's what we do. That's the essence of who we are. Would you say that John becomes immortalized in Baby? Would you well, say okay. that they... First of all, we we'd both noticed, like, they don't call her no. Baby until... Maybe not until the third season. They haven't yet. It's still the car. Mm-hmm. And it's a little jarring to, like, hear them refer to it as the car. And maybe that's what, maybe they do start calling it baby in season two. But, but maybe, it's weird to call your dad car baby. Well, and no, I'm, I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe the baby symbolizes the family dynamic, like family the family connection. getting back to whole, because that's that ends up being their only connection to John. So 
is the fixing of baby that obviously it's like a huge metaphor just with their relationship but i think that going forward baby is almost the metaphor for john Hmm. interesting well then i don't see why the car is helpful to them instead of always getting in their way and criticizing them Uh, because dad's never he's not here to help He's not he's not here to fucking help. And and just to like to go back to the end of the last season, he's like, You should have killed it when it was in me. Yes, because that's what I need is to traumatize myself further by murdering my father in order to get revenge on the thing that killed my mom and my girlfriend. That will really put a nice bow on it. Thanks, Dad. Um but we get some really funny moments. So Dean is essentially a spirit, he's out of his body. Um what does he say? He knocks over the cup and he's like, Oh, sweet yeah, that mother. I love that line. Um, and I can just picture, like, the Winchesters, they're always just scream fighting in the middle of this hotel, screaming at each other. Like, I can picture the nurses, like, being at the nurse's station and just being like, I'm not going in there. The McGillicuddies, the McGillicuddies the are insane. They're talking about demons and guns just constantly. They're yelling at each other. I'm not. It's your last, turn to get the McGillicuddies. Last time I went in there, there was a glass just broken on the ground. No one cleaned it up just left there that was the only glass glass that we had at this hospital and they broke it um so then he meets and also like i think this ties into the like if there's one piece of baby left we're gonna fix it that um dean sort of says you know if i can grab it i can kill it mm-hmm. you know if it bleeds i can kill it yeah. i'm not gonna give up um and then he meets tessa who we immediately realize is like she's a really smart thoughtful sensitive emotionally supportive reaper because she's going to appear to him as someone else who's having an out-of-body experience and guide him through the proper steps to learn to say goodbye and to move on and she does a really good job she teaches him how to say goodbye nice finally got a hamilton reference in there (laughs) (laughs) um so there's a 237 reference yes right um i love I both love and hate that, like, when Sammy thinks to himself, like, I'm going to get a Ouija board so that I can talk to Dean. Everyone's like, I feel like I'm on a slumber party. Like, this is so lame. No, it's not. That's really fucking smart. Creative thinking. Mm-hmm. Well done, Sammy. Yeah. Let's encourage each the other. The only thing that he could have done better was to set up a weird system of Christmas lights mm-hmm. with letters attached to it. Yeah, that's the other option <laughs> the he other had. option. For, yeah, why didn't Winona Ryder just get a fucking Ouija board? <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, but I th- like, so we get to see inside dad's journal and I just love, like, I love the idea that dad, who's this terrible human being, like takes the time to make his journal like really artsy. It's like a scrapbook. Like he, he really goes out of his way to like make nice drawings and like he gives it a big title reapers mm-hmm. and he writes it in like almost bubble letters. He cuts um, with the jet with the, with the zigzag scissors. It was really cool. He's got like a cricket machine that he's making stuff for. Um, and then, okay, so then, meanwhile, Dean is dealing with trying to dodge his Reaper. Dad is making a deal. He summons the demon. By the way, when he's doing that, he cuts his hand so fucking deep. Like, if all you need is a little bit of blood, and all, the Winchester's hands must just be oh, nothing but scar tissue. Because they're always doing that. Constantly. Always. Like, big, massive cuts. And they're just like, slice. No, you're going to learn eventually to get one of those little diabetic yeah. pinprick things and just, like, squeeze a teensy-weensy little drop. Like, let's not waste all of our blood. Can we? Maybe that's why they're always angry. <laughs> My <laughs> hands hurt constantly. And so Dad makes a deal mm-hmm. with the yellow-eyed demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially to trade the colt, the bullet, and his own life to save Dean. Which yes. is totally out of character for him. 
out of character, and he goes on this whole big rant to Sammy about how he's not going to rest. He's going to do everything in his power to get... And option A was make a deal with the demon and Mm -hmm. die. I think... I think John just wanted to die. I think so, too. I think John just wanted to die. He just... He would not rest until he orphaned those boys. Like, that's all he was he was Because he was so upset that they didn't shoot him. Yeah. He's just, I'm tired of this shit. I'm so tired of chasing this stupid... You know what would have made more sense, though, just for John as a character? If he had figured out a way to, like, take them both out. Yes. That would have made more sense. Or if we later learned that he had a plan to get Azazel in hell. Okay. Yeah. I, something. Yeah. Something else. Something. Because he's He, he would just not, gives up. And he would, he went literally from being like, fuck all of this. The only thing that's important is killing this demon to, like, never mind. I changed my mind. Saving Dean is what's important. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't try anything else. Nothing. The first thing he does is that. He, nobody calls the hoodoo priest to lay some mojo. Nobody calls, like, the other people that we eventually learn that John should know at this point who could do something for Dean. He just goes straight to the worst plan ever. Um, but there's a moment where the the demon says to John, like, oh, John, I never knew you were a sentimentalist. And I just went off on a little a little spin in my head where I was like, okay, this is a spinoff to the sentimentalist. It's just like the mentalist. But, like, this person's superpower is that they can just tell, like, that objects are meaningful to you. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's, I think it's a, we gotta workshop that one. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dean is dealing with the Reaper, and, like, they're having this nice moment where she's like, you gotta accept it. You're gonna become the thing that you hunt. You're gonna become an angry spirit. You're gonna get confused. You're gonna forget why you're here. So you're, Someone's gonna have to come hunt you because you're gonna start haunting this hospital. Knocking over glasses. <laughs> Hospital staff is going to have to talk about their budget for glass and why they don't switch to paper cups. Um, But she says at one point, I can't reveal the big punchline. What the fuck does that mean? Well, she was talking about because he asked, everyone wants to know what happens when they die. I know, but why is it a punchline? She's basically saying the whole thing's a joke. Yeah. Life's a laugh and that's the joke. It's true. My python. Uh, Okay. And then like Dean comes back. How you feeling, dude? That's what that's his opener. Yeah. And then basically, like, he he tells Sam he doesn't want to fight, but then he tells him to get out of there. And then he has a really nice emotional moment with Dean where he's, like, giving him his propers, giving him his respect. I'm proud of you. You've done so well. You're our rock. You know, he doesn't say I love you, but it's between the lines. Says no fucking goodbye to Sammy. Nothing. And then he whispers in le- into Dean something, we don't know, secrets secrets and lies yeah. even after his fucking death it's nothing but secrets this is what i'm saying put your cards on the goddamn table let's work this out together eh. then there's no show there could still totally be a show it's a show of demon hunters who are supportive and communicate but, well but john and sam are so similar and that's something that we definitely uh, is highlighted in the end of season one and especially mm-hmm. in like this first episode of them arguing and everything, you know, everything is an argument and it shows, I think that for John, it would be, he knows that Sam wouldn't let it happen. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, John also knows what Sam is, mm-hmm. which he should just tell him. Yeah. I don't know. why he doesn't tell him. He should be armed with that knowledge because what does John's, what does John think is going to happen? 
if he does, if, like, okay, so option B is he doesn't tell him, or option A is he doesn't tell him. That's what happens. And then they go and hunt and do all the, you know, and then revenge and stuff. He's going to figure it out eventually. They're going to have to face right. it eventually. But is John thinking that if he doesn't tell him, maybe they just drop this whole get the demon thing and he goes back to being, like, trying to be, like, a normal person? Who knows? It's not a well-thought-out plan. No. All right, so everyone loves a clown. Everyone loves a clown. So we start at a Everyone carnival. Everyone loves a clown, and yet no, no one, one does. No one loves clowns. No <laughs> one loves clowns. I've never met a person who's like, oh, I love clowns. Clowns yeah, are my I love thing. Clowns. I guess Cam from Modern Family. Yeah. Fizbo. Yeah. But no one else loves clowns. No. Except for that fictional character. Mm-hmm. And we're at a carnival, and there's a clown that appears and disappears in front of a kid, because kids are involved again, which is always scary. Mm-hmm. And later on that evening, the clown gets invited into the house by the kid, because it's a vampire or something, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it murders the parents. So then we catch up with Dean, who's working on baby, or the car. The car. And Sammy's trying to just pry out the emotions from him with a crowbar of of psychiatry. Of good, of good sense and being a supportive but, teammate. Uh, you got to understand, like, this is what drives me nuts. Sam, okay, so Sam is doing this whole thing where he's like, dude, you got to talk about it, you got to talk about it, you got to talk about it. And isn't the whole thing about healing and about all the, about grief, like, you're going to handle it in your own time? When you're ready to, when you're ready to deal with it, and being told by your punk little brother, all damn day, that you gotta, you gotta let this out and deal with it, is it's it's annoying, and it doesn't need to happen. Sam needs to back off. Nope, I totally disagree with Sam you. Sam needs to back. No, I completely. And the, and the reason why is is that is that Dean's reaction is pure toxic masculinity. Oh, you want me to put my head on your shoulder and we'll slow dance? Like, no, we want to talk about our dad. I want to talk about my dad dying. Stop equating it to being weak or womanly to to talk about something. You know, maybe maybe like Dean is being like really selfish. Maybe Sam needs to talk about it. And you know, equating this strong, silent thing. Like, the only way to, to deal with it as a man is to shut up and work on a car. No, that's not the right response. So, like, maybe even if he had just said, like, hey, I need some time. Like, that's all. Just but, like, give me some time. Give me some space. Like, we'll talk about it at a certain but point. But does, does he ever say? I, I know he says the thing about putting your head on the shoulder and, and crying. But, like, does he ever say, I'm going to deal with it like a man or whatever? I think he's dealing with it in his own way. This is the Dean way to deal with it. Nope. And, he, and his way doesn't mesh, mesh with the Sammy way. Nope. And later when they're walking down the road, it's the same thing. He's like, no, I don't have to talk about my feelings. Like, shut up. We don't have to connect about this at all. And that's just not how you maintain a good relationship. And and it's not... It, it, no, that's not the way that you deal with and process grief. If he doesn't want to talk to Sammy about it, like, that's pretty cold. They lost their dad. Right, but w- at what point does Sammy have to be respectful of how Dean wants to deal with it? Because that's not how a partnership works. We work things out together. Mm. That yeah, if you're if you're, you know, in a, in a relation, which I'm just going to call it a relationship, but like if you're part of a couple or whatever, because Dean's way of dealing it with it is not supportive of Sam's way of dealing with it, was that is that he needs a connection, he needs to talk this out, he needs to at least know where dean is in the big picture of like how are you feeling about this and so to say that one partner has to agree that the other partner's way of dealing with things 
by specifically not dealing with them overrides his need to connect, talk about it, work through it. That's that's not fair. There has to be a common ground. There has to be a way to meet in the middle. There has to be a way to have both partners get their needs met. I but don't just know. just to bring it back, I think that um, these parents <laughs> deserve to be murdered. Yeah, because any parent who doesn't teach their kids not to fucking open the door in the middle of the night, no matter who's standing on this other side of it, whether it's a terrifying clown or a Cabbage Patch Kid or Justin Bieber. Do not let Justin mm-hmm. Bieber in your house. Mm-mm. So they, they're sort of asking for He'll it. He'll eat all your chips. Not asking for it. The the parents are... It's their fault. Yeah, it's their <laughs> they fault. They need to teach their kids and just better. Just teach your kids to have a healthy fear of clowns. Mm-hmm. Just always. So Sam and Dean join the circus, essentially, is what happens. Because they find out that this circus is going around in 1981. Someone... Not this particular circus, but at a different circus, someone died in 81. And the showrunner of this circus, the guy who who runs it all, mm-hmm. was involved in that circus as well. So they think it's him. And they meet just one other weird character. Just the knife guy, right? Or I guess well, the knife guy. And Dean the- sort of offends every single person they meet at this carnival. That's like, a great He offends scene. the blind guy. He offends... Uh, the little person, like, he's just, like, stepping in it left and right, which I love because Dean is, like, an insensitive prick a lot of the time. And so when people are just like, was that supposed to mean? I really like that. Yeah, that was a hilarious scene. But before they get sent to the carnival. Wait. Oh, that's right. That's right. I was going to bring that up. Okay. Hold on. Rewind. <laughs> Rewind. Rewind. There's Rewind, a lot that happens wine, in this episode. Wine, this is a nuts episode. Wine, 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 this episode's freaky and fun. Okay, so reference and you just completely blew oh, I saw. I, I I got it now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I got it. I mean, I I love that song. Anyway, so we meet finally, Ellen, Joe, and Ash mm-hmm. because we answer us. We we uh, Sammy cracks dad's cell phone passcode. It was get, one two three four. <laughs> <laughs> Come to my luggage, and and it's got a message from Ellen that says, "I think I can help." They break into the bar, always solid choice, and get greeted uh, customarily. And when you break into bars by mm-hmm. by gunpoint, mm-hmm. and that's when we meet Joe and Ellen. And Dean attempts to put on some smooth talking to to Joe in this episode, and as usual, falls flat on his face. Well, he sort of pumps the brakes, though. He's like, you know what? Wrong wrong time, wrong place. Yeah. Normally, I'd be Because he could tell he was going to fall flat on his face. <laughs> she he likes got, him, though. She punched Joe him likes in the Dean. Face. She does. It's a weird will they, won't they mm-hmm. down the stretch. And so we meet Ash. Ash says, I can find your demon. Ash is Ash. the best. He's I don't know that actor's character. name, but he's in Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. And, no, no. But he's like, also in... The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Is that a sports movie? Yeah. I don't know what that it's is. Not a sports movie. Um, I like those characters. But again, why don't the why don't they know Ellen Joe and Ash? Yeah. The 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 boys talk about or Ellen Joe and Ash talk about how John was pretty much family and everything and they always stopped in from time to time over the years. Boys have no idea who these people are. Right. And it's part of John's... That's never even mentioned them. Nope. So here we go again with your good, like, no, we should keep secrets. We should not communicate. Well, here's what you get. You deny your 
kids who you know are hunters who need access to this network of other hunters, you're denying them that because you don't want for some reason for them to find out something that you don't want them to know. Or if your boys choose to find to go into the actual hunter life like they have, you know eventually they're going to find this bar. No, that's dumb. You should always help people. Um, <laughs> so, so basically Ash says, like, give me 51 yeah. hours. So while they wait, they take the case for the clowns. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end how, up. But how do they find the case for the clowns? Sam glances over and sees a manila envelope with a big yeah. red giant block letters that says, people murdered. <laughs> Which is a good thing to keep behind a bar and a hunter bar. Yeah. It's pe- murdered people. Someone's got time to kill and they're going to be like, what you got? Ooh. It, uh, is it like the bar in Deadpool? <laughs> Where yeah, yeah, I think so. It's like, the, it's like the bar in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I like the roadhouse. It's awesome. And I'm glad that we finally got there. So uh, we, yeah, clowns, circus, the knife guy, they walk in on knife guy. Did you think the whole end of this episode was just totally oh. slapdash? It felt like they were building up, building, 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 yeah. And then they just went, and it's over. And it's me. And it's me. It's me now. <laughs> and here's how you And I'm invisible. <laughs> so when you step, like, their, pro- their props and, and effects budget for this episode had to be so low. Yeah. Because they stabbed They spent it all on that carnival. <laughs> with a brass pipe. Mm-hmm. Don't show a body. Don't show anything. Okay. Well, here's my question. So if that guy is, a de- is, like, a, is like a Hindu monster that can transform and become invisible... Why would it have a physical costume with a wig? He's just into that thing. He's just the whole end of this episode. I thought felt the clowns lazy. all looked different too. Didn't you think the clowns all looked different? No, they they showed different clowns, but the murder clown looked the same each time. Oh, and it looked terrifying. Absolutely it was not enticing horrifying. the kids at all. No. Um. Uh, um. 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 Shit, what was the other thing? I was gonna yeah, say? so the end of this episode basically yeah. stab him with the brass pipe because that's how you kill this thing. And then they with a brass dagger. Then they go back to Bobby's. Sam confronts Dean again and talks it out. Sam talks. Dean and listens. Then, what if Dean's just there to listen? That's just his role. He's there to listen and then like, belittle listen. you with his toxic masculinity. Yeah, I okay. I don't agree with that part of it. Mm-hmm. You don't got to be like, and and I agree with his was saying that his comment at the beginning of the of the crying on the shoulder thing that like that's too much. Although I do think that's mostly him just being sarcastic and as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. more than anything. Mm-hmm. But so I agree that he doesn't need to be like but toxically it, masculine. It's about a defense it. against being vulnerable, right? Which what if some people just don't want to be vulnerable? Nate, <laughs> what if some people just let don't me in, want that? It doesn't matter if you want it. It's part yes, of the it human does. experience. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be. <laughs> yes. It doesn't have to be. Yes, no, it, it does. Doesn't. I'll find a way. <laughs> okay, sweetie. <laughs> well, hit your Impala with a crowbar. Smashing things works amazingly well. Yeah, but like I think, A, it's rude to smash Bobby's things. They leave his fucking car in a ditch. I would, I would pay to go to one of those hotels where you can smash up the whole room. So that's... that's Dean's therapy is smashing things. Uh-huh. Saving people and smashing things. Saving people, smashing things. The family business. Um, okay. Would you say, would, what do you think no, about... No, you gotta watch, the, you gotta watch both episodes. Both episodes? Both episodes. Because you learn about Sam's clown thing. 
You learn about the clown thing. We they reference we, the plane thing again. Right. We get some still some insight into just, you know, some Sam and Dean mm-hmm. just general emotional stuff and some John stuff still. And we obviously we meet Ash and Ellen and Joe. and like, They're so important. They're so important. So we watch both because both are critical to the overarching plot. Mm-hmm. And both are good episodes, I think. Except for the end of Clowns is weird. Yeah. It's not a well-written episode. The end. I just mean right, that part. Right. I mean that Everything else it. in it was well-written, I think. Was yeah, okay. they really threw the end together. Okay. Our drinking game rules. So this is going to be cumulative, so we're going to pay for it later, but we sort of got away <laughs> pretty easy today. Um, Wi-Fi happened once. I counted Ash having Wi-Fi at that roadside. I keep saying roadside. It's the roadhouse. Roadhouse. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. I get it. Yeah. Um, oh man, two Swayze references in mm-hmm. one episode. He's all around us. Uh, the rock salt thing, it did happen, and it did not work. So we doubled up on that. Um, we counted two possible concussions and two door slamming. Yeah. So pretty mild, pretty moderate. Yeah. Yeah. But we're gonna keep adding. <laughs> yeah, we sure are. Um, you know how podcast yeah. stuff works. So please, it really does help us. Um, uh, like us where you listen to your podcast you know rate us where you listen to your podcast uh review it thumbs up subscribe all that stuff tell your friends like here you could say for instance i really enjoy gank that drink the two hosts are whimsical and funny and have spirited debates about how vulnerable or not vulnerable a person should be (laughs) boom there's a review i just wrote it for you you could just copy, you paste. could just copy paste that right. I don't. I mean, speak to text. This podcast, <laughs> text. yeah. Put it in there. I'm. I, boom. Done. Done. Took you two seconds. Yeah. Five stars. I love it. Okay, so here's all the other places that you need to go and check us out if you mm-hmm. want to. MostExcellentPod.com. That's where you're going to find um, lots of uh, fun extra stuff. Uh, that's where you can find your season one drinking game rules if you're if you're new, if you're just joining us. Um, Most Excellent Facebook group. Join us there. We're always posting the episodes there. We post fun stuff. Interact with us from either of those two places. Uh, email. MostExcellentPod at gmail.com. I- Instagram. Most excellent pod. Find us. We are out there. We want to hear from you. Please find us. I want to start just getting angry comments about like nothing. I don't want to. I'm not angry. Inviting this anger. Not angry, but but like typically internet comment. Like I just want. First of all, I want someone to comment first (laughs) on every Instagram post. I'm gonna go do it right now, and then (laughs) and then I just want people to get upset about dumb little things. Because that means we'll be legitimate, like super, super legitimate. Well, I think that some people might have a problem with our wild-ass guesses about what was going on with the CW and UPN and all that oh, stuff. Please. Like, we were very oh, wrong. Send me all your hot CW, UPN, WB takes. Yeah. I want, I just, I want to know. I want to learn. But you know what I want? I want your cocktails. I want your drinking game rules. I want you to <laughs> tell us what we could be doing to better serve you. Um, okay, so what's next? Uh, uh, in two weeks, our next episode is season two, episode two. Uh, we're going to be watching Bloodlust and Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. Bloodlust is another vampire episode, if I'm not super mistaken. No, I'm not as excited. Sorry. I mean, I'm um, still But excited. I think I'm pretty sure Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things is a pretty fun episode. All right. 
maybe i don't know oh, well we'll find out yeah. we'll find out in a couple of weeks um yeah so you know when you're out there in the world saving people hunting things you know the family business <laughs> keep your gank that drink lessons learned in mind never give up you can rebuild that impala but like also how how is he rebuilding it how he had he got a new chassis obviously and a new frame he got new everything he got a new car yeah i don't know how a lot of time has passed in that short time also how much time has passed did at dad least die four months <laughs> they said well, he said it was left four months ago on his phone that message oh, so okay i think that's why that's like our time they're very subtle time signature so here's your lessons learned never give up you can rebuild that car mm-hmm. time is a flat circle and it means nothing sure <laughs> and keep the uh gank that drank most excellent podcast network motto in mind be excellent to each other and party, party on, on dudes, dudes.